Welcome back, folks, to 2Bits 1 Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a Quebec Nordiques GM, and an old boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man who still has his youthful exuberance, and a man whose team is still looking at an undefeated season. Well, every human, well, how are you doing? Uh, very well, very well. I, I haven't watched the game last night, so I assume they win. Damn, sorry, spoilers. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine, mate. I, sh- I should have said. I'd, I'd certainly blooming hope that the undefeated season uh, continues with, with a win over the fucking Red Wings, but then... <laughs> As, as we were saying all of 30 seconds ago, Dan, so many injuries in this league at the moment. Jesus Christ. Who could uh, yeah, have I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, like, looking at us, because I started watching a bit before I was called into very many important meetings as I'm a very important young man. That's true. Um, yeah, Stop Jesus saying Christ, like... <laughs> I thought I thought we'd had this... Co- let's, let's bounce around a lot. I thought we'd had this conversation and you're not worried about being old and you don't no, see yourself worried, no. as old. No. For the, for those who don't know, I was forty last week. What day was it? Friday. I was forty on Friday. And yeah, and still me, I was 40, talking to Will. Today. I'm still forty today, yeah. And yeah, I just yeah, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I didn't even do anything with my birthday. Not that I could have done anything anyway, but I didn't even want to do anything with my birthday. Because to me, birthdays are just I've never I, I don't understand I get it when you're a kid, because it's about presents and getting a bit older. Once you get past eighteen, why are you celebrating your birthday? Sorry folks. If you still enjoy your birthday, good for you. But I think you're a mental person. Well done. You've just not died for another year. That's it. That's that's all you're celebrating. Who cares? Nah, no, nah, it's not. It's not even about the birthday. It is the right? I get I get presents and I get attention. That's what birthdays are. It's not. A, but you could assign your birthday to a random, completely random, different date, and it still serves the same function. It's not about you getting older. It's about the treatment that you receive because you've got older. Dude, that's if the enjoyment you, of it. If you if you get such little affection and treatment throughout the year, <laughs> you're you're just pinning your hopes on that one day, dude. You need to start looking elsewhere for like love and affection. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's the one day of the year where people actually like me. <laughs> Can we stop recording? Because I think we need to have a proper introspective conversation now. That might be for uh, two psychologists, one couch, I think. <laughs> do, you, do you know a good divorce lawyer? <laughs> I have been, um, I've been wondering for a while, mate, why you start every show nearly in tears. <laughs> just have to... <laughs> one of those classic, like, come on, no, you can do this well, come on. <sighs> yeah, you're like stood in front of a mirror. You're a fucking pussy. Don't be a pussy. You can fucking do this. <laughs> you don't need her. You're better than this. <laughs> Shout out to those friends of mine who may be in that situation, by the way. But luckily, mm. luckily, I'm not. Yeah, I just yeah, I yeah, just don't get yeah. birthdays at all. I don't even want presents. I don't even. Me and my wife don't even buy each other presents for Christmas. I'm sure I've mentioned that before. We're both forty years old. What the fuck am I going to buy my wife that she a hasn't already got or b can afford herself? I, I don't get it. Just like I'm going to buy her another piece of crappy jewelry she's going to wear once a year. Why? I can well like there's your there's your first mistake, Dan. Go on. <laughs> don't, don't don't buy a crappy jewelry that she's gonna wear once a year. That's your own failing to the present <laughs> buyer. Yeah, buy a nice jewelry that she'll wear all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's, that'd be my recommendation. But even I mean, mean we're not rich, but we're now to the point in our lives where aside from a couple of things, I can buy anything I want. I don't. I'm not going to because it's a waste of you know it'll be a waste of money. But if I need a new washing machine, I'll just go and buy one. If I need a new microwave, I'll just go and buy one. If I want to get a new TV, I could just afford to buy one. I'm not going to. So, like, 
what are you going to get somebody as well after all that time? So, like anybody else who's around, even 30 years old, you should have everything you need at that point in your life. And even if you're and with somebody who's rich, what are they going to get you? Because I remember, I th- just quickly to dive off this. No, you're right. No, my, you're right. When I was when I, my first job out of college was working for a a, a, comp- a building company, and we worked at this house where the, the, it was rich people, and the guy bought his wife. They were probably in their fifties. The guy bought his wife this ten thousand dollar neck ten thousand pound necklace for Christmas. She Jeez. threw it back at him and said, "You'd better get me something better." So he bought her a car. She already had a car. Like, why have you got another car? You just did bought he, her another car. It doesn't make any sense. Did he sense. buy her a used right. micro as well? Like, <laughs> right, stuff it. I'm, I'm pocketing eight and a half grand here. I'm going to get her a... I know. And I think aside from just basic necessities that we, like, you know, like you might need some new clothes or you might need some new trainers or something like that. What the fuck am I going to buy my wife? Or what's she going to buy me that's not going to end up in some landfill in a year anyway? What's the point? I don't get it. That That's absolutely it. The thing that I struggle with, with like, when you're asked for presents, like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for a birthday? I feel like we're like 30 days too late on this conversation, but... Um... <laughs> It's on like, the edge, mate, as always. <laughs> yeah, we're we're just eleven months early for the Christmas chat. <laughs> Excellent point. It's a thing of Yeah, like you say, anything that you'd actually want, you're probably already gonna buy yourself. But then I find that if there's something that I would want that I haven't bought myself, those are reasons that I'm not gonna suddenly put on someone else and expect them to get it for me you know either it's more expensive than it's worth or i don't actually want it that much or, or whatever it might be like how can you then say like right i've not bought this for myself the the entire year but yeah you my darling wife i expect you to buy me this bit of tat that i i don't value enough to have already purchased yeah exactly exactly i just i i find it bizarre and people who put so much stock in their birthdays and things like that. It's nice to... My wife did a, a a Zoom call, a surprise Zoom call for my 40th and had 10 of my friends on, which was really nice because That's I have nice, yeah. pockets of friends in like different areas. And she said... And do you know what? She said, she said... Because she, she spoke to you on the phone last week, didn't she, after we recorded? And she said, yes. I couldn't ask Will because you were stood there the whole time. And I was like, well, I said, to be fair, I said, he's got a kid and like a baby that's due very soon. So he probably, he probably couldn't have done it anyway. I said, but, but she said, yeah, she was like, I just kept waiting for you to leave the room so I could say quickly, okay, but she couldn't do it. But anyway. I'd, I'd, I'd have made the time to celebrate you getting one year closer to death, gladly. Oh, cheers, mate. I mean, that's kind of why yeah, I'm well. celebrating as well. I'm nearly, I'm one year closer to finally getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> Again, that keep glancing lovingly at that that pre-purchased padded coffin you've got in the conservatory. I drive one day, one day, my my plot of land every day, and just stare at it longingly. (laughs) I'll be in there soon. Oh, can't wait. (laughs) People get excited for their retirement plans. Like, oh, I'm going to move out to to the Florida Keys and going to spend my golden years there. It's like, nah, mate, straight in the mud. (laughs) This is something me and Sarah talked about the other week as well, and I said. I hate the fact that, of thinking that one day I might be a burden on Georgia and that I'm in a care home or something like that. I don't want to do that. 
I said, I'd rather we just, we both get, because me and Sarah are within like two months of each other. I said, if we both make it to 70, let's just drive to the fucking seaside and walk into the, in, walk into the sea. <laughs> Who fucking gives a shit? <laughs> she's like laughing, she's just laughing her head off. But yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. I don't want to be old and decrepit and can't, you know, I can't go for a run anymore. I can't play footy or anything like that. I want to keep doing these things forever. And it's it's spoiling the previous memories of that person. Do you know what I mean? Like we, yes, we in in our shared larger family, we recently had a bereavement. You know, nothing to nothing to cry over or anything. But it's a situation where that person had gotten to the stage where the mind was decaying, personalities changing because of it, and sort of thing. And like you end up with like the last like couple of years, or even the last six months of some people's lives or whatever, you end up sort of not creating memories that uh, are going to outlast the the good times but yeah it's it's a lot of people because of live not living too long but you know what i mean like you can end up souring the last last moments of their life sort of thing can't you yeah you yeah the memories that you have in the immediate aftermath aren't good because it's you know lots of bad things have happened to that person like you say they lose their faculties and stuff like that and that's mm. not a nice sort of lasting memory to have you want to remember all the good stuff and my <clears throat> excuse me my granddad did the my granddad did the same kind of thing in that he just said i'm not going to get any treatment for this stomach cancer i think i'm done and that was it and we all just went oh, okay then and he's like yeah i think i've had enough and <laughs> that was it <laughs> and then like within six or seven days he died and he just went out like he wanted to go out yeah i'm just not gonna bother i think i'm done i'm fine i've had enough I'm like, Power okay, to him. yeah, and that was it. Like, just took it in his own hands. And that's what I think I'm going to do. And I don't want, you know, George's memory of me to be like fucking shitting myself and calling her Susan or something because I can't remember a bloody name. I might have it written somewhere that when I get to 70, George is more than welcome at any point to sneak into my bedroom and suffocate me with a pillow. I think that'll be the best thing. <laughs> just, you know. And then just to give her that final sense of power as well, that she's actually accomplished, like she's accomplished something really cool. Like, <laughs> I killed my dad. <laughs> I love this idea. Like, the day, on your 70th birthday, George is like, perfect. Comes in, starts smothering you. You realise what's happening, and there's like a wry, proud smile over your face as you get the <laughs> light snuffed out. I just give her the Terminator 2 thumbs up as I drift off. <laughs> <laughs> add, a, add a girl. That's my girl. Good for you. I'm so proud. So that's very much like the NHL's injury list, Will. Uh, as we I do. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we were going to get injuries or uh, or PLD from that. I think it was quite <laughs> quite a nice open. You go, go where you want with that. But uh, yeah, who could have who could have seen to be so many injuries this early? And as we've mentioned before, gonna, there's going to be comparisons to the NFL and baseball and all that kind of thing because they've you know in the NBA, but they had the same issues. Just straight away, players started going down, and luckily so far. I don't think there's been any massively. Oh, actually, maybe Th- maybe Thornton actually, but then I think that's just because he's old and like his Wait, bones ma- are massive, massively what what massively what like shocking he's... like you know like a, like a massive player like oh my god I can't believe you know Conor McDavid's going to be out for this long because he's you know ripped his groin or something like that. And I was going to say oh, the, for... the biggest one I could think of was probably Thornton, but that's probably due to him being older more than not being fit because it isn't like a broken I... rib or something like that. I didn't realise that having four members of your top six and your starting goalie be injured uh, didn't count as massive. But clearly, I am not up to up to speed on on what is and isn't yeah you know, massive in in the world of hockey. Injury Who are you related, talking about? Clearly. 
Mate, I'm talking about the stars, mate. Oh, yeah, but they're West, fucking other West Coast. Nobody cares, Will. The Western <laughs> Conference. Sorry, well, I don't want to say it, but, you know, sorry. There isn't Western a, Conference, no conference, nobody cares. Mate. East Coast no bias, you know that. Mate, right, yeah. four of your top six. Jesus. Yeah, like, depending on how you divvy it up, yeah. Sagan, Ben, obviously Bishop, and Joel Kivirantner and Rupe Hintz. So, like, under a lot of circumstances, Kivirantner is a top six player. But, yeah, at the very least, half of our top six is is Dunzo, which is, you know, when you got... Top line left winger Tanner Kiro is uh, is Fair it's enough. not ideal, not ideal. Also, really. also as well, I'm not trying to tell you how to support your team, but let's not start calling Ben Bishop your starting goalie. Okay, he's not your starting <laughs> goalie. Dobby's your starting goalie. All right, Bishop it's, it's all about, about a year. <laughs> it's all about optics, mate. He's still legally the starting goalie. I guess so. Yeah, he's starting goalie only by name and imagination. Yeah, you, you can't you can't complain too much when you're uh, when your your backup is the best goalie in your system. That's true. And then, like we said last week, there are actually players who are not playing at the moment because of non-injury-related issues like Ovi and players like that. <laughs> certain, certain players that... Oh, so, not to bounce around too much, but like after the big trade, I, I, I somehow, in the moment, completely forgotten that both of those players are going to have to... Well, all three of those players are going to have to quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, all right, we had this massive trade, but nothing's going to happen for until February. All right. Yeah, See, like, Winnipeg uh, tried to Winnipeg tried to appeal to like their local government to reduce the quarantine period to seven days, I think, or something like that, so they could get him in quicker. Which I thought was a great. Yeah, it's famous. That's a question, aren't you? If you don't ask, you don't get. Absolutely, absolutely. Still, like fucking absolute nonsense. Oh, can you reduce the the quarantine period because we're a sports team? Oh, no, you fucking idiot. I do like as well. Oh. That I think we've already hit. <laughs> We're two weeks into the season. We've already hit the dog days of summer with hockey. <laughs> I just bored bored it all already. There's just nothing to talk about already. When's the fucking playoffs get here? Jesus. I'm fucking bored of this league, like regular season it's, shit. Nothing's happening. I, th- I think like especially this year, like the, the games are gonna have not not less intrigue, but there's always gonna be something off the ice to talk about, like be it you know, COVID protocols, be it injuries, be it a trade and, and players being unavailable because of it. Like there's there's so much else going on around the league that yeah, the the games are gonna be good, but it's never it's never gonna be interesting enough. And, and I don't think that's ever necessarily been our forte anyway, just breaking down games like that's not it's not what we're no, here for. Fucking, that's boring. If, that's what Mike Babcock's for. You want to watch, you know, you wanna get oh, game breakdowns Jesus. and watch NBC with uh, Did you did you <laughs> see him on, man. on that? Did you see him on the game he was doing? Uh, yeah, I, he's, I saw him talking. The only thing I saw was a little clip, which was him talking about, well, you know, I just try and get the best out of players every time. That's all I try and do. You know, that was it. But I didn't say anything else he did. Was he, uh, what else did he say? <laughs> no, I, 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 didn't, I didn't fucking watch it. I'm not, oh, okay. I'm not dicking <laughs> about that shit. Try, I'm just trying to get the best out of, out of the players. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, referred to last week and the, the discussion about you know, and France said, yeah, just trying to just trying to get the best out of people, you know. It is. Yeah. I'm just trying to get the hell. best out of the uh, the coffee boy by throwing coffee on him and scolding him, <laughs> <laughs> giving him a good. swirly and, and one of those like urns of boiling water. Just like ah, just constant it's not atomic wedges. Enough. <laughs> yeah. Not enough skins melted off his face. Do it again. It's going to be oh, a I few wish... weeks as well. Oh, go on. No, no, I was nonsense. It was going to be nonsense. You carry on with something far, oh, okay. more, far more interesting. Well, it's this show, Will, so it's always fucking nonsense. But 
it's going to be a few weeks as well until the league starts to take shape and then we can start to discuss, I can't believe this team is in this position. It's going to be a lot quicker, obviously, because it's a shortened season. But in two weeks, mm. I mean, how many games in are we going to be then? Something like 15, 16? And that's a quarter of the well, season done. And then you're mate, going to be in that case that's of, a question, oh, shit, though. this team needs to pick up quickly. I, I don't know if we necessarily are going to get to that stage very quickly, though. I mean, uh, to be fair, I suppose looking looking at every other division apart from the central, everyone's pretty even. But like, if the if the spread carries on, and in theory you're going to have games lost for teams in each division, are we going to be at a a situation all throughout the year where you can't necessarily accurately judge how well a team's doing because they've I don't know, they they've only played half as many games as other teams in their elite, in their division, or yeah, you know, they haven't played for two weeks because of COVID protocols and stuff like that. Like, I think it is going to be hard to get an overall picture of who's actually a threat to challenge for the title this year. Maybe not for challenge for the title, but if you look at the Canadian vision, like the Canucks, like Canucks Twitter at the moment is you know burning to the ground as is their want to do uh, quite frequently. And I think if a situation like that happens with an American team who everyone thought could maybe do something, I'm trying to think of somebody. I don't know, say it's the Caps or the anybody. Anybody, any of those teams who you would think normally, oh yeah, they're going to be quite good. If they find themselves eight points back in a few weeks, then you can start having the comp. Or even a team like the Sabres, like we said, at some point, you like the Sabres have got to change and have got to start doing things. And if they're in the exact same position, or the Oilers, the exact same position they were in two weeks and they're already practically out of it because of the way that, you know, the, the divisions are structured and everything, then yeah, you can, I think you can start to have the discussion then. Yeah, I, I suppose we can still use points percentage, but then it, it's just at this early stage in the, in the, in the season... Using points percentage even feels like you're not actually getting a true, true indicator of of how good a team might be. Because you know, like the Stars and the Panthers are still undefeated, but to me, that's not that's not an indicator of how good those teams are actually are. <laughs> they played the... three games. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and and especially with the way that the schedule's set up, like the Stars have only played the Predators and one set against the the Red Wings. So I think I think it's going to be a weird one where you're going to get. Yeah, five, six, seven weeks into the season, you know, however, however much percentage you want that to be. And yeah, you're going to have, like, the 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 standings are going to be taking a bit more shape, but you're still going to have certain teams that haven't played other teams, be it the good teams in their division, the bad teams in their division, whatever it might be. You're not going to actually have that proper mixture of fixtures. Yeah, copyright that. Um to to really give like a good balanced idea of how well a team's performing, just because like I don't know fucking whoever like the the yeah like say the Blue Jackets have just been whipping on the Red Wings four games in a row like oh they're on a four game winning streak they're doing well so all right they they just beat the shit out of the worst team in the league for four games that's not an actual signifier of that team playing well yeah true that's a good point. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting. It's going to be really, really interesting to, like, I think it will be later in the season until we can really start saying, right, this team's good, that team's good, whatever. The I do already like the, like we said last week, the scheduling and stuff, and seeing that Florida have got, was it 54 games in 102 days or something? 
Mate, and that's praying that no other teams ridiculous. in that division get fucked. Because if another team in that division has to go down for a couple of weeks, like, man, like, you're going to end up, it's just going to end up being back to back, back to back, day off, back to back, back to back, back to back, day off, and that's it. And they're going to just try and squeeze, I, I mean, just insane. Having to play all those games in that amount of time. It's it's going to be mad, and and the fact that the Panthers haven't even had like their own COVID protocol like shutdown or anything like this is all yeah. purely because of teams they should have been playing. It's it's crazy, and I, I think that's like another um, another wrinkle that maybe I I hadn't appreciated as it was going to have as much of an effect as it could do. Yeah, team teams. Yeah, you have like a string of teams that. That go down uh, because of the way the schedule's set up. Like, yeah, Panthers case in point. I meant to play the Stars. I meant to play the Hurricanes. Blah blah blah. Like, you are missing out chunks of games. It's not like you're missing one game and then you go off and play somebody else, and the rest of your weeks fine. Like your entire fucking weeks fucks just because a different team had a COVID situation. Like, and that's why. Yeah, that's why I said it's genius by the Stars to get the COVID out of the way, get it done, get yeah, it out that, of the way. Get your antibodies going, and that's it. They're going to run through the league now. Very smart play. Very smart play. Clever. Yeah, they're, they're now following up the COVID shutdown with a mass set of you know swath of injuries. So <laughs> by by the end of February, going to be tip top. Just go hundred percent to the end of the season. Exactly. Well, it's what like we said. It's what Julian and the Breezy Boys did with Tampa. You know, they just shut down their best player. But, oh, look, you can bring him back for the playoffs. Genius. That's what the Stars are going to do. Yeah, we'll get in the playoffs. That division's trash. And then we'll just bring every, we'll just bring those four players and Ben Bishop back for the playoffs and then we'll be fine. Smart move. I like it. What's what's going to happen when, because Kudrov's been away from the team all year, he uh, he comes back for the playoffs and then doesn't have the COVID antibodies. Because <laughs> <laughs> COVID straight away. No they're, ma- no, they're making sure he gets COVID now as well. Because they don't have to report it because he's injured, so it doesn't matter. He's yeah, behind, team, behind guys <laughs> He's already got the antibodies. He's got the antibodies already, I bet. He was the first one to get it. Yeah. When he, when he, he's, on, he's going under the knife and um, fucking either John Cooper or Julian and the Breezy Boys ring up and say, can you just jab him with some COVID while you're there, please, Doc? Just do as a solid. <laughs> just give him a dose of that while, he, while you're there so he can get it out of the way. Yeah, no problem. That's great. Thanks. It's like when you kids doing... and your parents try and give you chicken pox at a young age. Yeah, like chicken pox out party. Of the way. Yeah, chicken pox party. Let's have a COVID party. Oh, that's what the Caps were doing. COVID party. Get out of the way. Genius. Let's, let's sort it. We've, we've only got the Sabres and, and the Islanders coming up. Two shit teams. Let's, uh... <laughs> yeah, let's I wouldn't put it past now. any of these teams. I wouldn't put it past any of them. Right. It's, fucking, it's fucking sketchy. Fucking so it's very sketchy. sketchy. <laughs> All right, let's just start the show. Oh, God, man. Okay. As always, we're brought to you and sponsored by the fine folks at Wave Intel. We're already in the dog days of the season, and I'm bored. If you're bored like me, then stay up to date on all stats and data by using Wave Intel. Wave Intel online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Also check out Three Men and Their Babies podcast, uh, look for the blue background, or find it under at men underscore babies on Twitter. And we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. 
and being played at the Downing Street office party as we reach 100,000 deaths, have a terrible economy, and now have the EU fucking goes dry with Brexit. So if you could leave us a nice review to assuage our misery from living in this shitty island where you listen, that would be great. Thanks. That's right. going to solve, solve all our problems, that. A yes. five-star review on iTunes. Absolutely, mate. It'll help us. Well, it'll help me and you. Apparently apparently now the way of Britain is to not give a shit about anyone else, just like everyone go after themselves and care about themselves. So, Yeah. You know, that's a, the that, blitz. That's a part the of blitz creeping spirit, fascism. Will. I'm Ooh, that blitz to. spirit. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, let's 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 not because that's just going to take us down utter utter rabbit hole. I will say just quickly one thing about the supposed fucking blitz spirit. Do you know why? The reason why there were wardens, like I can't I can't remember what they were called, but they were called wardens basically, and they were kind of like a pseudo police service during the war, and they would go oh, around wow. and basically give people a bollocking or fine them or that kind of thing. Because people didn't want to turn their lights out during blitzes and stuff like that. And the idea was is that you had to do that. And people just wouldn't do it. They're like, I'm fucking turning my lights out. Fuck off. So the warden to go around and say, turn your fucking lights off because your house is going to get bombed to shit. And people didn't want to do it. The blitz spirit oh is a fucking God. myth. It's a myth. And it drives me mad. Anyway, have you got a rant just quickly? <laughs> I mean, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, no, nothing, nothing that hasn't been said before about you know the whole uh, uh, changing narratives to suit whatever you want. Like yeah, how we're oh, Britain, you know, it's all about Britain, Britain first, and all that. And then as soon yeah. as they're we won enough, the war, could, no, no, we didn't, not even close. Like, so, suddenly we're we're complaining that the fishermen are not happy with with the situation that's been created. Yeah. It's, that's not neither not neither here nor there, but you know what I mean. I don't uh, don't don't I necessarily it. feel prepared or or educated enough to to talk at length about it as much as I'd love to. Moving on <laughs> to something nicer, uh, I'm going to try and remember be... to. Sh- <laughs> It'd be good if you do. Uh, I'm going to try and remember to shout out the first stars of the week every week because I think it'd be a nice thing to do. And I did give credit to the NHL last week for. Uh, having this as a, an idea and shouting out people who've been working on the front lines, uh, as it were. So Tyler Toffoli of the Habs was the first NHL star of the week, and he was joined Jesus by Christ. Montreal Health Centre respiratory therapist Virginie Hebert. So congratulations to you, Virginie. You are a legend. Fantastic. So it is going to be like a combined... It, yeah, can't, with be, your it team, can't be coincidence, basically. can it? Like no, Two no. weeks in a row. Yeah. And it's a good way to do it because every, every every fan base is going to have heroes, isn't it? You know, front frontline do... workers who are doing going over and above to keep us all fucking safe in spite of our own stupidity. I'm <laughs> I'm wondering if hockey fans are going to get wind of this and start doing way 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 too much to try to try and win the first star of the week. <laughs> I'm a I mean, if... I'm a part time fireman. A part-time vet. I also uh, do voluntary work at the weekends and at nights. Uh, I usually sleep about four hours a night. I'm close to death, but man, I need that first star of the week. <laughs> hey, if if it's if it's actually working and these people are doing more good things out of there, then can what more could you ask for? That's a good point. That's a good point. Somebody who's not going to be working for a little bit is John Shaker, who well, not as an NHL GM. <laughs> yeah, just, as just he's a uh, yeah, <laughs> as he's been suspended until the end of the year. I want to say, I do want to say that thank God the NHL is here to enforce the rules for a man who doesn't want to work in this particular field. So 
I feel it's like one of those situations where like your parents shout at you for something and then tell you you can't do something, even though you don't want to do it anyway. And that kind of, right then, well, you're not going to your grandma's birthday party now. And you have to go, <laughs> oh no, oh, what a great shame. I was so looking forward to it. Well, John, think about this as your punishment. You're now not going to be able to be a GM for another, for, until the end of the year. Okay. And he's had to go, oh, all right then, guys, if you're, if you're sure, I guess I can live with that, I suppose. But he, but he wanted to work at New Jersey, didn't he? That was that was kind of the whole point of him shirking on his contract is because he wanted to. They wouldn't let him go and work for New Jersey. Yeah, but still, I think someone else is. Didn't he end up going to work somewhere else anyway? Like hasn't he hasn't he got some side gig or some side hustle going or something? Like a baseball team or something? I think I'd. I'm not entirely sure, but I, yeah, no, there's definitely more to it than just. Yeah, John Shaker's more than the one-trick pony. He's got... He's he's swindling elsewhere. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Proper Del Boy Shaker. Absolutely. absolutely. He's, he's selling fucking video players now, isn't he? <laughs> he's, he's selling fucking uh, Omoga watches down at the market, isn't he? You know what he's doing. <laughs> God, I'll, t- I'll tell you what he is doing. He's running one of his 12 Wendy's franchises. <laughs> Has he got 12 Wendy's franchises? But he fucking does. Him and his wife own, uh, own 12 Wendy's franchises. Wait, his wife or his sister? We've been here before. <laughs> so <laughs> horrible. I feel so bad for that because it's fucking... Uh, de- def- but definitely, it was an easy mistake to well, make. This is, this is, it's, it's Catherine. Not, it's not Megan Jaker. Right, right, right. It's okay, Catherine. Okay, okay. Okay. I think Megan Jaker might even be like completely unrelated to them. What? Maybe because this is the problem when you when when you live your fucking not not you the royal you when you live your life through fucking Twitter, it's like you can't you can't um you you can't get information like that. I think it is just a coincidence that they both no, have no, the no, same no, chain. No, Megan Chase oh no, okay, okay, okay yeah, she's yeah. she's she's his sister. She is his sister. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that. Fuck me. It's like an Alberto Costello not. routine. Who's on first? <laughs> Megan, Megan Shaker. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, hey, anyway, John Shaker, very bad man. He's gone to he's gone to Azkaban for the year. Don't know why. Fucking Azkaban. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think he is working for any other sports team. But oh, he is working for... A, yeah, I, I thought like you said, no, I thought he'd got a side gig in baseball or something like that. He's just, he's just, no, he's just flipping... I think they might have been talking that. I think he wants to do that, but they, the Coyotes wouldn't let him. At first, they wouldn't let him test his super soldier serum on, on these prospects. Now they won't let him work for the fucking LA Lakers. He's he's, he's stuck flipping burgers until the end of the year. You got John Jacob taking your order at Wendy's. <laughs> Welcome to Wendy's. <laughs> now, now I wonder whether he's going to be pushing for the uh the minimum wage to go up to fifteen dollars an hour or whether more likely John Shaker is thoroughly against the minimum wage going up to fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah. It, good it depends point, what good kind point. of role he's been assigned in, in the Wendy's uh hierarchy, I suppose, isn't it? And also be ca- like be on the lookout places like McDonald's and Burger King and stuff like that, because John Shaker will get those employees round to his house for a for a nice <laughs> steak meal and to test their burger flipping ability before they've even got another job. You know, so you have, to, you, just, you have to be careful. Billy, could you give me a hand in the kitchen, please, mate? Um, yeah, yeah, just trying to just trying to prep uh, prep dinner. What, what what is dinner? Oh, it's uh, it's four. 
Oh, I don't know. Four Baconators. There you go. Four Baconators. Four, ba- four Baconators. If you could just uh, sort those out real quick for me. He's just sitting John, in the corner with a fucking spreadsheet say, John, and a notepad. Yeah. John, why, why are you typing into that spreadsheet? Don't worry about it. Just flip the burgers. Faster, faster, faster. Okay. Now go on this treadmill while you're flipping burgers. What? <laughs> Doing a fucking VO2 max while he's flipping burgers. <laughs> Right, now do a vertical leap. <laughs> do, do a broad <laughs> jump. What the hell's happening here? I'm just flipping burgers, John. He's, he's, he's got the hockey test. He's got the basketball test. He's got the Wendy's test. Yep. He's he's looking he's for that complete player. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get to New Jersey, and one of the tests for new like for the uh, for the new rookies is going to be burger flipping. And like, you know, how quickly can you fill up a drinks machine and stuff like that? <laughs> that's that's where you get the extra. <laughs> The extra two, because you you don't have to you don't have to yeah it's like exhibition games if you get your your players out on the concession stand in intermissions that's free labour because they're already being paid there per annum aren't they that's true hey and especially in a time of COVID how are you going to save some money yeah get your rookies on the uh, on the uh, concession stand he's a first line concession stand <laughs> fucking there you go mate. <laughs> Oh dear God! Yeah, I, I think. Well, what do you reckon? Is that? Is that? It's not really a punishment, is it? I don't think. Well, I, I was gonna. I was gonna say, even though we're fucking prattling about, obviously, I was gonna say that I like the NHL's done it, haven't they? Because of the New Jersey thing, and to try and obviously stop any other GMs or teams doing this kind of thing. And I'm like, I'm sure the Coyotes gave him permission as well to talk to the Devils, but like the rule said that. You know he can't he can't go and talk to them. It's not allowed. So I think that was the thing that okay we don't we don't want this happening basically in the league. So we're gonna you know make sure no one else does it because you know set an example basically. For for me though, like re- realistically, he so the season's only just started. So it's basically a twelve month ban of being a GM for a thirty one year old, and like to me that's not. Not that I want John Shaker banned for life just because he didn't want to work for the Arizona Coyotes anymore. <laughs> Who can blame him? <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a perfectly, perfectly reasonable thing. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like that's not that's not got the weight to it that I don't know if you really want to fucking because he's still got out of his contract with with the Coyotes. He's still gonna. I I think his contract was longer than the rest of this year because he just had it extended, didn't he? I think you're right, actually. I think that Alex Alex Tomborello had uh, uh, extended him before before this happened, which made it even even funnier. Now that's a good point. It is quite funny as well that John Chaker will have been a GM of a team for what three or four years, served the suspension, will come back into the league and still be like the second youngest GM or something like that. I mean, that's just. Yeah. That is a bit mad. That's, yeah, you got a point. You got a good point. I, I still love it. He's the, the youngest GM in NHL history, and he's the first one to be. He like throws his toys out of the pram. It's like, no, I don't want to work here anymore. I want to work for, want to work for the Devils. They get sent to timeout. It's fucking. <laughs> he's, he's not helping, is he? Yeah. He's currently on the NHL's naughty step. That's what's happened. <laughs> he's out of the right. You've done a shit job, John. You've pouted all the way through it. You're not helping the millennials here. Um, yeah, he signed an extension in November 19. I don't know 
how long for a long-term extension is all I'm getting from NHL.com, which to me says beyond the end of 2021. Yes, agreed completely. So yeah, so he's fucking whatever. Go go run your Wendy's franchises. Come back in a year and you can you can work for Tyler Dello. Right, that's, that's not a punishment if bit... you ask me. This is, I mean, he's already in the boys' club, isn't he? Because he's been a former GM. But we looked at his kind of dealings with the Coyotes. I wouldn't want him anywhere near my team. I mean, he really he's did. A, he's, run that, he's snake oil, isn't he? He really did run that team into the ground, and it was already run into the ground, and he made it even worse. Yeah, I would not it's want like, John Shaker anywhere near my team. His um, it's like free agent signings and shit were fucking diabolical. The, the, what what he did with like RFA contracts and stuff was was the smart way to do it, but I think just the talent analysis isn't there. Given yeah. you like Christian Dvorak's and that five year contracts, where like yeah, if he if he works out, meets his height, meets his ceiling, that's going to be fair value or better. But those those players that he signed to those deals have not turned into fucking anything. And I mean, Nick Schmaltz is making nearly six million a year for the next for the next five years. I mean, with with Nick Schmaltz, Nick Schmaltz not, was. I, I think he was. Player. He was at the time he signed that contract. He was in the right. Yeah, in, in, in moving in the right direction, wasn't it? He was doing well, but yeah, like like I said, like it just doesn't didn't get there in the end. Like you said, so I think who, if, if those players had. I mean, yeah, like Nick. I mean, Schmaltz and Dvorak are the two. I mean, there's still time for Clayton Keller, but you can just see him going the same way, can't you? That you sign those yeah. three players and you think, man, if three three players can work out, we've got them. At, I mean, like the McKinnon thing, I guess we've got them at an absolute steal. But right now, no, it's not, <laughs> not worked out okay, at all. Not at all. And like I, say, I think, I think the thing signings with... were just bad and yeah, not good. Like the thing looking at the the Arizona Coyotes today, compared to like four, well, five years ago now when he when he took over, this doesn't look like a forward thinking young GM has been handling this team. I know yeah, obviously no, he didn't he didn't do the last off season, so like you know Taylor Hall leaving and all the signings like Derek Brassard and Johan Larson and stuff like that from this summer are are not um not his responsibility. But the core that's there, yeah, like it's it doesn't it looks like fucking anybody could win. Do it. It might, might might as well have still had fucking uh Dale Talon, right? Was it Dale Talon? What was the guy's name? Fucking whoever it was. I don't give a shit. Yeah, well that's the point. Anyone. Anybody, yeah, you could anybody anybody could have done what this, you know, free spirited, young, analytically <laughs> free driven spirited. He is a free spirit. <laughs> a, Tom, come on. Tell little... him he's not a free spirit. Come on, he's a free yeah, spirit. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not. Uh, yeah, you, can, you compare it to the that. Maple Leafs, basically. Like I know, I know it's the boring and easy comparisons I make with the other young white GM in the league. I don't know why I said white. They're all fucking white. Um, <laughs> the other young GM in the league. It's it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? Like yeah, the Arizona Coyotes are just another NHL team, and they are just as shit as they were when Jake took over. And to to um, Dubs's credit. You can see the influence that he's had on that roster. Absolutely, absolutely. And he, this might might me sound, but I I think Cal Dubas has done a really good job. I think he's done a great yeah. job at addressing needs and doing all that. He has absolutely 
looked at what's needed and he's changed his opinion on certain things as well and the guy deserves credit for that he's not just gone oh yeah I'll, I'll just pay these guys and blah 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 that's done and he's not he's not done that whereas Chaker immediately like <laughs> 26 years old a week into his job went oh god I better sign these players quickly and get it all signed up and done I'm like no John just just wait it's okay and yeah weirdly he just fell into that trap straight away which is why he's perfect for another NHL team because that's all they want isn't it it's yeah just, I, I know, think he will be uh He'll be fine there, will he? Yeah, I think he'll work fine in New Jersey. I'm sure he'll be able to ruin those for a team that's actually started quite well. You know, right. Jesus. I did want to mention this quickly. It's not hockey. I do apologise, people, but I had to get this out there. Is it Fat Frank? It's what? Is it Fat Frank? No, it's not Fat Frank, which is hilarious, but we talk about about 40 too much on the show as as it is already. Did you see the trailer for Kong versus Godzilla? No, I've I've seen. I might as well have seen it though. I saw King Kong punching Godzilla in the face a, a thousand times. So, yes. No, 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 no. Watch the trailer. Oh my god, it looks so good. Is it? Yeah. Mate, I, I'm 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 up for it. Is it the King Kong from Skull Island? That one from yes, the day. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's yeah, cool. Watch, That's cool. Watch the trailer. Looks very good. And there's some amazing, amazing Easter eggs in there, in the trailer breakdown already that people have put out and said, hang on a minute, have you seen this? And it's just made me even Jesus. more giddy. It's made me even like more I, giddy. I know I know they were trying to do like a, another, like a monster extended universe with that reboot of The Mummy and stuff like that. And that, that fell flat on its face. But surely the original extended universe is fucking Godzilla and all the kaiju and shit, isn't it? When you yeah. have like King Ghidorah and Mothra and all that shit, like why? That's 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 um that's fucking pre-made. That's a that's a Blue Peter. Here's one I made earlier. Fucking extended universe <laughs> that you can just chuck it in the oven for ten minutes and bosh, you've got seventeen films all interlinked together, and you don't even have to think about it. Yeah, if the, if you. If you see the trailer and then just quickly look up like the main spoiler that looks like it's come out of the trailer, there's a fair chance there'll be a fourth film as well now. Well, it'd be a fifth film because there was Kong, two Godzillas, then this one, and then it looks like there might be another one after this as well, depending on yeah, what st- happens from the trailer. Because um, I haven't seen that second Godzilla film. King Ghidorah's in that, isn't he? Yeah, Ghidorah's in that, Mothra's in that. Like, There's loads of the other ones in it. Um... Oh, uh, what's it called? Not Raiden. Ah, oh, God, that's going to annoy me. The one that looks like a pterodactyl's in it. I can never remember its fucking name, but that has a major yeah, part. Yeah, Ry- Raiden. Raiden, Ry- I think. Yeah, Raiden, I think it is. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, but yeah, they're all they're all in the second one. The second one was good as well. Hey, all I want, all I want from my monster movies are two monsters beating the shit out of each other, destroying a city. That's all I want. I'm not expecting fucking. I don't know, Silence of the Lambs or Schindler's List or some Oscar nominee. No, that's not what I'm expecting. Just give me two Schindler's big ass monsters. List. No, I'm talking about like a classic <laughs> film. I don't even like the Godzilla equivalent of Schindler's List. No, right. Like, and we're not even going to get into that because that's a road I do not want to go down. Ro- <laughs> to Rodan. Down. Okay. Rodan yeah. is the, uh, is the, is the pterodactyl. Just the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it don't do it <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say I'm not expecting some well thought out black and white Oscar nomination piece here no I just want two big ass things beating each other up two monsters that's all I want that's great 
and that's that's what I'm going to get from this movie, and it, I can't wait. Yeah, it's 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 good. Like the the first Godzilla film and and Skull Island, like yeah, like I said, not fucking. You're not going to write nothing, nothing much to write home about. But they do exactly what you want. You want big action scenes. You want some sort of massive monster doing crazy massive shit. You want it's it's just a popcorn film that's per- unfortunately for these times like perfect for the cinema. But I am going to go on my own to the cinema to see this film. I have to. Yeah, because it's a it's a it's a cinema film, and I'll go on my own. I'm not bothered. Like I, I'll go cinema on my own quite a lot. It does. I enjoy you, you it. wouldn't. Uh, Sarah's not up for it. No, she does not care about monster films at all. My wife's my wife's film watching drives me insane. It drives me insane because I will say to her, "Oh, this is really good. You'd like this because of this reason." She'll, eh, whatever. And then she'll put on something like fucking tag. Or something like that. I'm like, all right. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to recommend these seminal masterpieces. <laughs> she just wants yeah, mindless but, shit, which is fair. You know, maybe, maybe problem, she's but. not. Maybe she, yeah. Maybe she's not into it. Maybe she just wants fucking easy watching and yeah, nothing yeah. to. I, I, I hate, I hate the term easy watching, even though I've just used it because it implies that like it's lazy, and if you don't yeah. like these fucking and that you're not smart for watching it, kind of thing, it implies like, oh, you that, don't which like is wrong. Gems and Parasite, you're an idiot. Like, so yeah, that's not, yeah, you're that's right. not what it's about at all. You're right. But yeah, no, she won't go. She won't go and see Kong vs. Godzilla, which is fine by me. I'll go on my own. I don't care. But I've got to see it at the cinema. Is it a, coming out this year? Or? Yeah, it's out in like three. No, in uh, two months. Fucking out. Uh, you you reckon we'll be allowed to at that point? <laughs> <sighs> I'm hoping so. I mean, I, I I'm luckily that I live within sort of half an hour of either a major town or two or three major cities. So there's a fair chance I could get to a cinema somewhere close enough to me. But I will do my best to go and see it there. Yeah, because he got here. It's a monster film. You need to see it at the cinema, don't you? Place to be. Place to be for it's it. The, it is a place to be. Speaking of monsters, a monster trade will in the NHL. Hey, like oh, mate. Hey? Mate. Hey? I like that. I like that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Patrick Line and Columbus's own, let's not forget, Jack Roslovich, go to Columbus in exchange Is he for from Pierre Luc. Columbus? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. In exchange Shit. for Pierre Luc Dubois and a third who make their way to the Winnipeg Jets. I'll ask you this straight out the, out the, uh, straight out of the gate. Who won the trade? Oh, see, now that's, that's, a, that's a fucking hard card one for me because I'd say Columbus have won it. Hands what, down, I would have leaned Winnipeg. <laughs> ha, well, well, this, this is where the, the, I wonder. I wonder if you're thinking it's going to be along the same lines as mine. I think talent-wise, Columbus have won it, no question, no question. If we're talking like ceiling, and and yeah, av- available talent that they've acquired, yes. great. <laughs> if we're looking, at, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I love that little chuckle then. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just get the say. If if we get to uh, to July first, two thousand and twenty-one, mate, I think the long-term outlook for each of these teams, yeah, I think Winnipeg have probably won it, haven't they? Really, if we're going to be uh, realistic about this, which is which is yeah. probably very unfair to Patrick Line. It's probably very unfair. Maybe him and John Tortorella will get on like a house on fire. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet on bet the house on it. I might bet a house that's on fire on it. <laughs> that they won't get on like a house on fire. <laughs> a burning building. Yeah, like 
Jesus Christ. Of all the players in the league, you know what I mean? To... <laughs> it's true. Of all the players and all the head coaches, these two were what? the two that you what would have thought, God, just imagine if Line was playing. Can you imagine? Just imagine if Patrick Line had tried this in with Tortorella. <laughs> like, fucking hell. It's fucking <laughs> mental. Like, and I... I don't know what you do as as Kekalainen in that situation because how when you've got a coach like that and you've got I'm not saying that Tortorella is the reason that Bobrovsky and Panarin left but when you've got an issue where your team is leaking good players as soon as they have the opportunity to or even in in Dubois case when when they they don't have the opportunity to they just demand that they that they be traded how do you then like let that influence your player acquisition? You know, like because yeah, Patrick. I think, like I said, on paper, Jack Rosovic and Patrick Line if Pierre Luc Dubois are fucking sign me up. Dubois is a great player, but I've got. I think if if everything works out, I'm t- I'm taking the risk on on Line turning into something good, and I think Jack Rosovic is going to be a perfectly good top six center in the league as well. Um, but yeah, like. That's got to influence. You've got to take it on board that certain players are not going to gel with your coaching staff when it's such a volatile one as as one headed up by John Tortorella. Like the the writing's on the wall. Everybody, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised if if Pagliolino is then holding out after this season and demanding a trade elsewhere. Surely. No, I agree. But, but what can you do? Yeah, I mean. Kekalainen's hand was forced, and like you say, they've won player-wise. They've won that trade, but you've got three players swapping who did not want to play where they were playing. Mm. And I, we're not we're not talking about Line and Rosovic going to Columbus because that was the only deal that you know that was the that was the that they were happy to stay. Like they didn't want to be in Winnipeg. So you've got two players who didn't want to be in Winnipeg going somewhere else and a player who didn't want to be in Columbus for whatever reason going somewhere else. So it has worked out okay. But I agree that I can't see Patrick Laine, I can't see him staying there. And even if his contract, you know, if he's RFA again, I just think he's going to now want an even bigger number to yeah, yeah, without to, doubt. to stay in Columbus. Especially if he carries on his three-point-a-game uh, pace for the rest of the season. <laughs> Comes out about 140 right. points. Yeah, has 140 points in a in a 45-game tilt or whatever it is. <laughs> I, th- I think that's, that's the other interesting wrinkle to it that you've brought up. Like, these are the two teams that... Yeah, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say, like, if we're kind of taking performance out of the equation. These are the two franchises that are, that are generally brought up as the ones that nobody wants to fucking go to. So, like, for, for even for Pierre-Luc Dubois, I know he wanted out of Columbus for reasons as yet, um, you know, unknown to, to anyone apart from PLD. Ch- choosing to go to the Winnipeg Jets when you've already, like, forced a trade... Not choosing to go, but you know, ending up at the Winnipeg Jets when you've already forced a trade out of another undesirable franchise, that doesn't necessarily seem like it's going to be a long-term fit for the Jets either. 
I know, and that's why, and that's why this is a fascinating trade. There's so many, there's so many facets. Like again, like even even the you know they they were drafted second and third. So you're swapping second and third players. Like, like it's the first time since about oh, shit, 1995 yeah. or something, isn't it? Where two players in the top three have been traded for each other. I, did, I didn't even remember they were drafted in the same year, but you're fucking right. Like... Yeah. So that's, so that... that's fascinating. You've got you've got players, like we just said, you've got three players who didn't want to play in their markets moving to markets where players don't want to play, <laughs> which is also fascinating. I mean, is is Pierre Luc? I mean, maybe it's easier for Pierre Luc Dubois because he's Canadian. Okay, I'm going to Canadian market. I feel better with that. Maybe, maybe that's got something. You know, maybe he therefore he's going to be a bit happier to do it. Like we said, Lion A under Torts is going to be something else. It's going to be something else. It's going to be fucking mental, isn't it? Because the things, obviously, and like say, you know, they're they're both going to be coming up RFA again. What's their next contract going to look like? And um. Paul Maurice was speaking on something and said that we're also we were also mindful that on Line A's next contract we are fairly sure he's going to want more than he's getting now for longer, and it just we there's no way we could fit it, so we had to do a trade. But you know that we kind of couldn't get out of the way of his next contract. It was on the way, and we just knew what was going to happen. Well, his his qualifying offer is seven and a half million at the end of the season. That is the minimum you can offer him. Well, you can offer him less, but then you would you'd have to not qualify him, and then you can just yeah, walk. Yeah. So like exactly. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> madness. That's mad to me. Absolutely. And okay, so so if we if we look at the 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 bit about Pierre Luc Dubois that I thought we were going to end up talking about more on this show before the trade fucking happened, what happened with him against Tampa the other day? <laughs> <laughs> that shift, <laughs> that sh- incredible best best bit of hockey highlights I've seen all year. Like there are yeah, so many the things that you... of my season so far. Fucking unbelievable! Mate, that is the <laughs> the fucking dictionary definition of a shift that gets you benched. Like you know, torts or not, like there are so many shifts where you like you know our superstar gets benched for like half the game or whatever, and you look at their last shift and you're like, yeah, I can sort of see, but that is just like. Mate, he goes into a puck battle. He's standing there, standing there. It's so good. It is amazing. But for me, if we then combine it with the other situation around Patrick Line, where there are allegations being made that he was bullied, or not, not even going to mince the word bullied, by by Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley, amongst others, allegedly, allegedly bullied for for reasons that I, th- I think kind of potentially came down to like his defensive effort and stuff like that mate how are you gonna go from throwing a hissy fit and refusing to play basically as Pierre-Luc Dubois did like that is 100% what he did the yeah I don't want to get into too much of the like oh grit and jam and all that shit but like that's that shift from Dubois was bullshit if you're if you're going to be a professional about it just say to like if, if it's all your it's, sorry you're well within your right to demand a trade and say I do not want to play for this team anymore but you do still kind of have a, a professional obligation to to both like the organization and your fans and stuff to if you are dressed for a game fucking play you know what I mean if you want to go to Kekalein and all torts before the game and say look I'm not going to fucking play proper put your foot down like if you dress me I ain't playing 
that's a better way to go around it than getting on there and going out there like you're at a fucking two to four public skate for eight quid. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, you might have, you don't know. He might have said that. He might have said, "Do not dress me. I do not want to play." And they might have been, you know, hard headed. I can see thoughts being, "No, you're gonna fucking play. Like, I'll put you yeah. out. There. You're gonna play." And they might have done that. And it might have just been his way of saying, "Look, I told you, I'm not gonna play, so I'm not gonna this play." Ain't, this ain't fucking happening. Yeah, but then point being. So. If he's going from that situation and that performance against Tampa into a <laughs> into a <laughs> locker room that for years upon years, dating back to to Evander Kane, has shown that they do not take kindly to bullshit and perceived um stroppy players, for want of a better term. How how is that gonna work? How is a locker room that just drove out one of the purest scoring talents under the age of twenty three in this league? for whatever reason, again, not yet to be confirmed, how are you going to go in there as the guy who's, who didn't who didn't win a puck battle against Tyler fucking Johnson? And the thing, and the thing is, though... to succeed, do you know what I mean? The thing is, though, Dubois is that kind of player, though. If he, when he, like, last, uh, last uh, playoffs, he showed that he is that kind of player who will go to the dirty areas, he'll throw his body around... He'll win those battles. He will you know, also chip on with goals and that kind of thing. Lyonnais never shown that. That the, the thing about Lyonnais since, like, I don't know, like his fourth week in the league was, God, he needs to work on his defence, doesn't he? He needs to work on his defence. And, and if he's never done it, and I'm not going to say, I, I don't know if there's bullying or not. I don't know if that's spin. I don't know if that's Blake Wheeler or Mark Shifley you know, like giving him a bollocking. Like we've said before, like some players need a bollocking sometimes. You need to be told, pull your fucking head out of your ass because you're not just hurting us. You're hurting these other guys sat on this bench who do their jobs properly. And it could have been that. Now, if they're doing it all the time and saying those things to him, is that bullying? I don't know. Is it just a case of yeah. you just keep telling him the same thing over and over again? And either Shifley or Wheeler said, there was times where they were too soft. On, they thought they were too soft on Line, and they would put their arm around him and say, "Come on, dude! Like you know, we got to do this. We got you know, we got, we got, we got to." But after two or three years of it, at some point, you're going to fucking blow your lid and say, "What the fuck are you fucking doing? Like, cover this, cover that, stay with that guy, get back in your own zone. We're trying to fucking defend and all that kind of thing." And I think that's why maybe Dubois would be okay there because he is that kind of player, and he will he will do that kind of thing. And you can maybe say his shift was, yeah, it was just a case of, I told you not to dress me. I told you I want to trade. I signed, we were talking about last week, he obviously signed the contract and then went, cool, when am I leaving? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that is, clearly that is what happened. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Line said, as, said as much, basically. So, I can, I don't know. I, I think I think Dubois will be okay. I really do. But I think, to, to me, it's the other way around. To me, it's Line is going to be the one. Because the, the, the question has always been about his defensive work. And I, maybe, I, maybe I wonder if... You know, like we, we talk about sometimes, if you if you look back on Gretzky's career, if you played him now, would the people who would be saying, well, he fucking didn't trap back much in his own zone, did he? Jesus. You're like, yeah, but that's... I know that's the thing leveled at McDavid and, and certain players. Like, oh, well, they don't... I don't want them tracking back. I don't like just fucking stick the puck in the back of the onion bag. That's all I want you to do, and that's I, I think 
I mean, maybe you can't. Maybe that's me showing a lack of you know, like defensive schemes and all that kind of shit. But if you've got a pure goal scorer, just tell him. Just fucking get on the ice and score me fifty goals. We'll try and worry about the rest, like the Caps do now with Ovi. Ovi's not fucking like he doesn't come fucking steaming back. He hasn't done it for years. Like yeah, he'll throw the odd check now and again, but just stand there. We'll get you the puck, and you just rip it home, okay? That's all I want you to do. We'll take care of the rest. Don't worry about it. Like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, make yourself think, kind of a bit of a body in the way, and that, that's all. That's all I'd want Line A to do. I think the difference in perception with like Young Ovi versus Line A is like Ovi has always been physical, physical of sin. He may not have been like defensively adept or defensively uh, willing. I mean, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But he'd get in on like the forecheck and that, like above the blue line in the ozone, he was he was a body. And like, it's almost like you kind of need two out of the three. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're not, yeah, true. If you're not physical, you've got to be you've got to be willing defensively. If you're not willing defensively, you've got to be physical, sort of thing, and to, to have go of the goals. But no, I'm 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 with you. Like, I think line A is a luxury player. But I think that term is often bandied about as too much of a negative thing. Like, if if your class is a luxury player, you've got to be fucking good at something. Do you know what I mean? And and it's again, again, maybe showing my my ignorance and and maybe not my my most progressive way of thinking. But fucking hell, man! If you're putting pucks in the net, like you say, like cool. Do you know, I don't care. I don't care what your zone entry stats are. I don't care what your what your takeaways are, whatever it might be, like if you are if you are scoring the goals at the rate that Patrick Lyonet is scoring the goals, fucking come and play for my team, mate. Come and play. We'll uh Yeah, we'll work it out. Yeah, and, and then there's there's that element of like if you've got a player of that mould who I I don't I don't care whether there's whether you're taking willingness into the account or not, he is not defensively adept but can put the puck in the back of the net. That's then your job as a coach of like, right, how do I maximise, how do I use this player properly? It's just a, it's just a tool, isn't it? Like, oh yeah, I've got I've got a hammer, it's great for banging in nails, but it's not good at screwing in screws. What, what what do I do with it? So you fucking use it properly and then use other tools for other things. I know it's not that simple because it is a five on five. You know, d- hockey relies on team defence more than a lot of other sports. Say the classic example, football. Where you don't need your striker to play on the other side of the ball necessarily, but yeah, yeah, I, I think I think the onus is often too much on on skilled players to perform in a role that they shouldn't necessarily be forced to perform in. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. There was Dubois was trying to be traded in the off season as well, wasn't he? But they couldn't. Mm. I mean, this is why this was the trade that had to happen. Because they wanted, I mean, I know they spoke to the Habs and they said, well, yeah, like any package is going to include Nick Suzuki. Habs like, Habs are like, yeah, fucking no shot. You got no chance. And then they said the same to Anaheim. And then they, well, we want either uh, Zegras or Drysdale. And the Ducks like, yeah, well, no, that's not going to happen. So it was a perfect marriage because you had two, I mean, I'm not going to say superstar players just yet, but maybe two possible future superstars. And yeah, I I want a player of equal ability in his position back, and that's what they've both got. But that that's where I can't believe. Sorry, I can't believe that Jack Roslovic is in this trade as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you if you just did line A for Dubois one for one, that's a fair trade to me. Yeah, but like I said, but he didn't it? he didn't want to play in Winnipeg either. 
he said to them, he says, yeah, I, I don't want to play here. I'm not going to sign long-term here. So, so Yeah, ab- absolutely. But that, that doesn't so fine. diminish his like ability. Do you know what I mean? Like, Why why chuck him in when you could have flipped Rosalvik in a different trade and probably got more assets, I'd say? I don't know. Maybe at that point you're just sick of it and you just want rid of him. Maybe. I don't know. But even even if you were looking at... I like mean, they got a, a third... I'm not going to say he's worth a third, but they got a third back as well. It I think, he's, just I think he's probably worth more than a third for me. Like, he, well, yeah, he I, might I be. Even... I'm not saying that, but no, you know, I know. Like, yeah, I it's, the, getting, it's yeah. just it's not Dubois. That's it. You know, there for is those a pick two. as well. So. There is a there is a pick. Yeah, I ju- I just reckon that you could have got you could have got Lyonne for Dubois straight up, and you could have done Rosovic, even if it was for like a. I'm trying. I'm trying to think like a like a Josh Hosang or something like a like a prospect that is undoubtedly skilled but on the outside looking in for whatever reason for me that's more like in a way it's more valued than a third round pick if it was a second you're maybe looking at a different situation but yeah I, I just feel like the Jets could have could have split them two up because that because Roslovic to me feels like a throw in like you say like oh fuck it we can't do anything with this kid let's just fucking get rid of him yeah, but I yeah I don't know I I agree with you I agree with you but I think again I think we're looking at you know NHL twenty one GM mode there where we just you know like the real world sometimes is a bit different it's just you know what let's just fucking get rid of this guy yeah. I'm sick of seeing his face around the place yeah fucking take him I don't care you know nah, but yeah but you're yeah. right you probably could have got more for him no I'll, I'll give you that like yeah like you say it's always there's always more to it there's always more to it than that but. Fucking hell. And um, Dubois' dad is, I don't know if you know this, but Dubois' dad is in the Winnipeg setup over there. He works as um, somewhere in that team doing something. It might even be for their... Does he now? For like the business a- side of it or whatever. Or AHL team or something like that. But So he's kind of got a reference point. And I, and, and I think, you know, like, Okay, maybe there's something about Winnipeg, the city, or something like that. But that is a great place to play, like the whiteout and all that kind of thing. That was awesome when they had that deep player from a couple of years ago. Oh, it was great doubt. to see. Like, yeah, that is a proper, proper hockey town. Like, they love it there. Whereas maybe Columbus isn't. You know, maybe it's that. Maybe I want to. I want to play in a Canadian market. You know, it's proper intense and all that kind of thing. Maybe that's part of it. I don't, I don't know. Well, he he was saying in the in the media availability about how it was like about his own personal morals or something like that. Like, there's it definitely seemed like there was more to it than just oh yeah, John sort of shouted at me and and now I don't like him. Which which a lot of people are saying as almost like a dismissive reason for wanting out of a team. Like, if your if your boss is a dick to you, you're fucking well within your right to be like, nah, fuck this, I don't I don't have to be here, so I'm going to choose to leave. It's like any other job, really, isn't it? Like, yeah, if it's me, if it was me, if, if I, I think it's just that. I just think he hated torts. That's it. That's all I think it is. But he won't come out and say that because he's a good hockey boy. But in yeah, my opinion, if he just, we didn't get on. That's it. And I think, and I'm wondering if it's that thing where torts is even harder on the better players because he expects so much more of them, you know? Whereas yeah, which makes sense, and, that, and that's a classic yeah. like management technique, isn't it? Yeah. Ask, ask my Babcock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I just and I just think I just think it's that. And like we said, the Line A thing, I mean, they wanted to get rid of him because they knew what was coming on his contract. I think Line A thought he deserved more than he was getting, sort of like playing time and stuff like that, and maybe didn't get the respect he thought he deserved or and it's you know, I think it's kind of as simple as that, but obviously neither are gonna 
say that because it's hockey. I, I just hope that this doesn't, like... I hope Torts doesn't break line A. You know what I mean? I want... Because I, I, I want to see Patrick Line be the finish Alex Ovechkin. I know to an extent he already is. Yeah, but yeah, too. I, I want to see the end of Line story, and I want him to be, I want him to be heralded as you know the the kid who took the torch from Ovechkin. Because I fucking love you know what's not to love about a big goal scorer? What is not to love about that? I just Mate, really that hope that first game, that fucking that winner was beautiful. Like he snapped. Yeah. I didn't even realize he'd scored that second his second goal. I didn't even realize he'd scored. He was so quick because he fluffed it and then shot it again immediately. And I was like, fucking hell, he's just sc- I didn't realise he'd scored. I was like, oh my God, the puck's in the net. <laughs> like, he's so good. He's so good. And- so talented. And and he's got a personality to him as well. Like, in a way, I feel he's almost a bit like hockey's answer to Zlatan at the moment. Like, yeah. the closest thing. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's it's, great. It's close to it. And yeah, I, I just want to see him have success. And I would really worry that we could end up with, like... I don't know, this is this is absolute aspersions towards John Tor- John Tortorella, which maybe not be warranted, but like yeah, the idea of he's he's tried his hardest to get out of a situation he's not happy with in Winnipeg for whatever reason, and then if he goes into a an even worse situation, and he's young enough that you you could see his spirit crushed and bam, that's it, Patrick Line not not busts out because he's already he's already established himself as a good goal scorer in the league, but like maybe he doesn't reach those heights of winning scoring titles and X, Y, and Z. No, yeah, you're right. I agree. I'd love to know if you asked Line, where would you, what's your ideal destination to play? What team do you want to go to and want to play for? I'd love to know what he'd say. I'm very curious as to where he would, you know, feel as though he's, I mean, maybe, maybe he just doesn't care. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's the, I know we bring up all the time. Maybe he's the uh, Benoit Rasa Ricotta of hockey. He's just like, yeah, I can play hockey. I don't actually care what I do or where I play. I don't care. I'm just good at it. Maybe that's it. But I'd be interested. If you could say to him, you can get a trade to anywhere, where would you want to go? And maybe through Dubois as well. Maybe Dubois would have picked the Canadians or the Leafs or something. I don't I don't know. But it, it's, yeah. it's projecting, but I would like to see line A in Carolina. Imagine that line. Line A are home and terrible. Oh, yeah, the, your top five, the top finish five. line. One, one more, yeah, it's, one more to I mean, ask for. Yeah, like. it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. What else do you need? It's it's everything set up there, ready to go. It will be called and the I think finish he, line. That's amazing. I think he's played... Um, I think he played junior with Arho, like at, at international level. Like They've played together a long time, I think, those two. Yeah, I'm sure they have. I mean, I'm sure I remember reading that in the off-season when we were talking about It'd be great if you went to Carolina. Alrighty. There you go. There we go. God, I can't believe we've got like an hour, over an hour's worth of material out of this show. <laughs> this show. <laughs> oh, we, we didn't even talk about um, Mac Chuck trying to kill Jack Campbell. Oh, that wasn't that bad. Mate, he's... Oh, mate, he's... Two dude, knees to the back of the geezer's head. Like, fucking dude, hell. I'm, I'm goalie union, but I don't know. I don't think that was that bad. He's not coming off yeah, the top I... rope, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Climbs up the net and j- jumps off the crossbar onto him. Yeah, exactly. He's not fucking. He's not Loki doing a fucking double foot stomp off the top rope. <laughs> or see the um, yeah, Chris Benoit diving headbutt. It's greasy. It's greasy. We can't mention that name. It's <laughs> greasy, but I don't think it was that I, bad. It, I I do feel like. 
it's it's a perfect storm for something to be blown out of proportion. You know what I mean? It's happened to a Toronto a player in Toronto, yeah. a goalie in Toronto, and it's involving Mac Chuck. Like what 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 more could you ask for for a fucking recipe of Well This is this is case in point about the Leafs changing their mentality and how I I, uh, I respect Dubas for what he's done. Do you see what happened last night at the end of the game? No, no, was there right? So at the end of the game, oh. obviously Leafs beat the Flames again. So Jake Jake Muzzin flipped the puck into Kachuk's face. No fucking way! <laughs> Not hard, but just like flicked it at him, and then and then obviously a brawl. Jesus ensued, Christ! Which I fucking love that. I love that. You want to be petty? I can be fucking petty as well, bitch. Flick. <laughs> Great. I've told you all the time. One of my sayings on this show, I'm fucking here for the pettiness. <laughs> I love it. I love that. <laughs> all right. So, so the, the <laughs> let me, let me just get this, get, get all our ducks in right there. Mac Chuck's knee drop to the back of Jack Campbell's head wasn't that bad. Yet you're still pro Jake Muzzin shooting a puck at Mac Chuck's face. Okay, okay. If you're going to write it like that, Mr. Spin Zone, then yeah, it sounds way worse. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if you, you're going to you write can't... Matthew Kachuk's 40-foot leg drop onto Jack Campbell's exposed neck as a disgrace, and a player shooting at another player's face after the whistle is also... Yeah, okay, that sounds terrible. One, he just kind of knees him from knee height. All right, and the other one, he's just going to flicks the puck at him. All right. It was, it was vintage Billy Gunn, and then... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> fucking Billy Gunn, <laughs> the ass man oh, himself, baby. Um, yeah, I, 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 I just think that, like, yeah, I appreciate that Jake Muslin has more control over a hockey puck than say I do, but I don't necessarily think there's a way to gently flick a puck at a player's face. Okay, even if the puck hits him in the cheek, what's it gonna do? Really, it's not gonna knock any teeth. I mean, it's just flicking it at him. I think it could do. They're pretty fucking heavy, man. Like. Yeah, I know. Do you, <laughs> I've got one right here. Do you, do you think about... Do, do, okay, so think about the top 10 softest hands, top 100 softest hands in the league. Is Jake Muzzin on that list? No, he fucking isn't. <laughs> not, that Jake had, not, that, not that Jake Muzzin's got fucking hands made of stone or anything, but Jesus Christ, like... <laughs> Patrick Kane, he is not. I didn't think it was that. I, I didn't think it was that bad, and I love it. I love it. I love. Like I said, I love the pettiness. Yeah, I'll just flick a puck at your face, and it's a flick. He's not shooting it at him. Oh, see, this is what's happened. Now. You're, you're one of the. You're a fucking millennial. Oh, yeah. you're a problem. <laughs> too, oh, he too a puck at me, and me now, me now being a boomer. I'm like, oh, fucking kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now that you've hit the big four, <laughs> you're, you're officially a boomer now. <laughs> yeah, as that, as that works. <laughs> oh dear, I'm Gen X. Gen X all the way, baby. Are you? Yeah, I I'm, suppose you I'm are. So Gen X are you a Gen well. X? Like, you got to be a young, yeah, Gen young X, Gen yeah. X. Though. I'm right at the start of it. Yeah, I'm right at the start of it. But yeah, I am Gen X. Thank God, <laughs> I'm the best Gen. Yeah, no, nobody ever has any problems with Gen X, even though Gen Xers and Millennials are basically nah. the same. Like, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? Do you know what my? Do you know what my guide is? Is if. If you were around and enjoyed Pokemon, then you're a millennial. And then you're past... And I, I wasn't, and I didn't... I never played it or got it, so I wasn't... Like, it was never in my wheelhouse. That's how yeah. I kind of can judge no, that's it. that's fair enough. Like, you know, 
yeah, if if you enjoyed that and that was your thing, then okay, you're and that kind of that's section. your that's your level. But uh, what, what would have been what would it have been for for Gen Xs then? What's like the the media experience? Oh, Gen X is easy. Gen X is Gen X is grunge music, and then at future points, a drug problem. So yeah, I, don't, I don't think you can define a drug you can find a drug problem to a generation. I think that's one of those beautiful parts of life that spans all generations. No, but I mean. Okay, if you smoke, if you're a millennial, you probably smoke weed now and again. You haven't got a drug problem. Yeah, Gen Xers had drug problems. <laughs> like, That's, that like was the drugs, standard. Proper bad ones. Yeah, like hippies. Yeah, man, it's cool. Just smoke loads of weed, go to some peace and love festivals, and chill out. Yeah, that's that's. They didn't have. A, they smoked lots of weed, but they didn't have a drug problem. They were just too chill all the time. <laughs> Whereas Gen Xers had a drug problem, like a big problem. Yeah, it's, it's like comparing. Uh, oh, it's, I don't know, like. So a lot of the big '60s bands were still smashing loads of acid and shit like that, and fucking DMT and all that nonsense. That's true. Anyway, <laughs> can I add we answer that? Fuck knows. Uh, glad, glad we, uh, oh yeah, Jake Muzzin. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> 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 you know, glad we sorted that yeah. out. Fucking you know. hell. Uh, I love our tangents, but yeah, as we as we say, folks, every week, I'm here for the pettiness, and uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Well, any last words? Uh, now, don't flick pucks at people's faces. Um, stay, stay off of hard drugs. They make you talk too much, and that's annoying, as a wise man once said. No, keep flicking pucks at people's faces, and if they can't take it, they don't deserve to be your friend, because they're clearly your not friend. tough enough. There you go, that's my... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Jake Muzzin gets a text off Matt Kachuk after the game, like, mate, that wasn't, that wasn't cool. I don't, I don't think... Uh, I don't think I'll be playing Warzone with you tonight. No, but you know what? If somebody, if I flicked a puck at somebody's face, we got into a scuffle, and then afterwards they messaged me something like, that was hilarious, lol. I'd be like, all right, this is my kind of guy. All right. <laughs> we could be friends. Clearly he's got some stones. I like it. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Get out. Any, no, anything else? No, no, I'm, I've, I've, been, I've been left speechless, I think. Okay. My work here is done. Take care, folks. We'll talk to you Peace. Next.